0: Today on Locked On Red Wings, we bring in Jack Bushman of Locked On Blackhawks. We're going to preview Friday's game as well as react to each other's reverse retros. And uh, they look kind of alike.
1: You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for WWJ News Radio 950. Scotty is the host over at Lockdown Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today we bring in Jack Bushman of Lockdown Blackhawks. Uh, we are going to preview that game and we are going to talk about the reverse retros that were revealed as of recording this today. By the time you're listening to this tomorrow, before we get to that, before I even ask Jack how he's doing, I gotta tell you guys, today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Jack, I know you've been on the show a couple times previous to my tenure as host, so it's our first time talking to each other. How you doing, man? How's it? How's living life as a Blackhawks fan these days?
1: Yeah, we finally got it. We didn't start the year 11 games or whatever it was last season without a victory. We picked it up in the third game this season. So, baby steps, the vibes are good right now. Uh, but yeah, nice to be on the show with you here, Brian. It's it's uh I was getting sick of Nolan, so it was time to get him out of there, get a get Where a front Did you yeah. see his take on Twitter today? Uh no. I, oh, uh was it the uh those cream-colored Red Wings jerseys? Yeah. Was that the you uh, are yeah. talking about right yeah. there?
2: Ratioed to oh. the ground. Oh, dude. And like he deserved it. So, he like, did. you know, that was your t- own grave there, brother. Tip. I love Nolan, yeah. but that was it. That was not the tech. That was down. tough.
0: He, to, he, he backed up a little bit in the comments. He
1: set up a Twitter world for a layup on that one. So, <laughs> yeah,
0: he, he <laughs> he has, he's, good at, he's good at that. He's good at that. But yeah, so we're going to talk about the Chicago Blackhawks game, Detroit Red Wings game that's happening today. By the time you're listening to this, one of two, the two teams are going to be playing. This one's going to be at the United Center. Uh, what, 7 o'clock Central Time, so that'll be 8 o'clock Eastern. But before we get into that and the expectations for both teams and what to expect from the game, we got to talk about the reverse retros. They were revealed today. Um, Red Wings' Twitter is on fire, um, for better and for worse. And I said it yesterday, Scotty, that it was going to be a controversial jersey. They went back to the barber poles, but that monkey paw curled. Everyone asked for it, but that mm-hmm. monkey paw curled, and they ended up being... A red base with black stripes. Now, you and I, I know, are in agreement that we love this for multiple reasons we can get into. Um, But it's about a 70-30 split. I did a poll on Twitter. That's how I know these statistics are up here. Uh, But I know I'm ridiculous. But it was 30% liked it, 70% didn't like it. I knew it would be controversial. I thought it would be closer than that. Now, the Chicago Blackhawks, Jack, I don't know if you want to explain what those look like and why this is where the biggest problem with the Red Wings ones uh, come in.
1: Yeah. They're basically the exact same thing. It was like someone downloaded them on Canva and went and just like swiped it across and put Chicago over it. Like that's, that looked like the effort that Adidas put into these and Blackhawks fans rightfully so are not happy anytime. I mean the Blackhawks and the Red Wings look like they're going to be wearing the same thing. You're going to have some angry people about that. So yeah, I, I, I do not like that whatsoever. The barber poles. I'm not a fan of, and out of all the things they could go with, I know the Blackhawks logo is controversial, but they just put Chicago on it. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a fan. Most folks are not. Um, and it was disappointing because I thought they had an opportunity to make these really cool. And a lot of other teams, I really like theirs. And I saw, uh, uh, I, I wasn't sure who it was that ran it on Twitter. might've been Jay Fresh on Twitter. Um, ran a poll. Yeah. The, yeah. the Blackhawks and the Red Wings were Thirty first and thirty second, and I wasn't surprised.
0: Wow, to see it. I'm actually shocked by that because I thought there were some other ones that are heavily uninspired, and like the the Carolina Hurricanes one, I could not tell the that. difference. That and yeah. the Columbus Blue Jackets, I didn't like. I mean, there were several that I really liked. Like I'm apparently in the I minority, like but imagine. I really like the Coyotes one.
2: Yeah, Coyotes well, won. I I mean, talking about ones that that I thought were good. I mean, the uh, I thought the Ducks nailed it. Like I I don't think there's there's too much. Like that would have been a really hard one to screw up, just because like everyone knows what they want out of a Anaheim Ducks reverse retro. Like that's, that's, kind of a layup, and and they you know they nailed it. I thought theirs was really good. Yeah, there's a couple that, that I was a big fan of, but yeah, ours are certainly the the epitome of uh, of controversy. I would say uh, the day of.
0: Well, so yeah. the the question becomes: Do people not like the Chicago Blackhawks one because it's too similar to the Red Wings one, or are they just sick of this? like design. Cause it's not the first time we've seen a design like this from the Blackhawks in terms of alternate jerseys.
1: Yeah. We saw this a few years ago and I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. I thought they had an opportunity to do some really cool stuff with the black jerseys, which we haven't seen the Blackhawks wear in a while. And uh, actually some of the, uh, Media folks for the Blackhawks sat down with Jamie Faulkner and Danny Worts, some of the executives for the Blackhawks, and uh, they mentioned that they probably will be bringing those black jerseys back at some point. So there was some good Jer- jersey news that came out today. It just it just wasn't these, in my opinion. But yeah, there were there were some ones I really liked. Uh, I really liked the Panthers. I thought those were pretty cool. Yeah, those oh, are sick. Yeah, I thought those were sick. I liked uh, the Penguins. I thought was cool. Yep, Capitals. The Capitals, I thought mm-hmm. was cool too. Oh, the the Bruins Sharks.
2: bringing back the bear.
1: Yeah, I liked I mean, it. That, that's sick, I like
2: man. The uh, California
0: Golden Sharks. That was good. So sick. Yeah, the feel. also so man. cool.
1: Yeah, there were Those some good were ones weird. out there. So I was They're very just... disappointed that we weren't. Yeah, yet that, that's the group.
2: biggest thing is is comparing. Like, there's so many really cool ones, and like I, I am still, <laughs> I, controversially, am a fan of the uh, of the Red Wings ones. And I, I, I like the full kit. Like, I think that that looks a lot better than uh, maybe just the Jersey alone yeah, I like the for black sure. on the side there, but um, I don't know. Like I, I, I very much the, the undefendable part of it is the similarity to the Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> like that's like, it, I, I think that's standing on its own. Like it's a lot better than people think. And I, I, I do like it, but I mean, undeniably it is, it is incredibly similar to the Blackhawks. And that's, that's, where my problems start and end with it. But um, I, I know that that certainly doesn't help an already controversial day.
0: Well, and so that's where, like, my thoughts are on it. Like, in a vacuum, I think this, this looks sick. This looks so sharp as a jersey. I honestly really love it. Um, when you talk about it as a Red Wings jersey, I do get where people's criticisms are. I mean, people mostly wanted – I mean, they wanted the barbershop jerseys back but they were hoping for either just straight up, which they weren't going to get the barbershop jerseys from the 75th anniversary back in 1991, or they were going to get, they were hoping for a reversal of that, where it was a red base with white stripes or cream stripes. I agree. I think that would have looked a lot sharper and stayed true to the Red Wings color scheme. That would have been better. I agree with that, but I still like the red and black because you know why they swung for the fences on something for once. The last reverse retro was so they were so, afraid to mess with the Red Wings uniform that they went with the blandest idea they possibly could the worst and the I Red Wings. It was the worst
1: jersey was the I've actually ever yeah. seen. No,
2: seriously. Yeah. yeah. It, it was, it was like a practice jersey.
1: It's like a practice jersey you'd find on clearance at like a sporting mm-hmm. goods section. No it was one really and I did
2: an entire segment about what we would do with the jersey if we owned it and I think I the remember winner that. was turning it into a paper mache volcano I think that that was literally the winner it was it's, it's an abomination
0: yeah so I mean I really like this because they they tried something new they really swung for the fences on this and it's not it's not everyone's cup of tea but I dig it I think the full kit looks awesome um but the big the big thing that definitely makes it lose a lot of points is the fact that the Blackhawks one looks so similar like this already does look like kind of a Blackhawks jersey just in essence but the fact that they both have the black stripes going across the red base and the word mark across. I mean, the fact that the Red Wings secondary color is white and the Blackhawks Jersey has more white in it than the Red Wings. one does is a little like, come on, what are we doing? Um, but in a vacuum, I like it. It's just the fact that they, they together are like the same Jersey that really just really bugs me.
1: Yeah, it, it was, it just felt like they could have been more creative, undoubtedly Absolutely. in my mind. And I don't think any other, I mean, Jersey basis of other teams were that similar. And then here comes Chicago and Detroit, you know, obviously not in the same uh, division or conference anymore, but long time rivals, it wasn't going to sit right with people. Oh. So yeah,
0: no, absolutely. So I get, before I get to bet online, I got a question for you guys about these jerseys. We already kind of went over our favorites, by the way, the Montreal is powder blue. Those are sick. Yeah. Um as well oh, do you have the least favorite one that stood out to you that you just absolutely didn't like and you can 't use your own jersey you can 't use your own teams out of the rest of the league
2: i i mean on it i 'm gonna be honest i 'll take uh I really don't like Nashvilles and like i don 't know what it is That's but fair. i thought I thought those were like bad man, and like Uh, Again, people are going to look at this and be like, oh, you're one to talk, look at yours. (laughs) Like, whatever, like, fine. But, like, I I mean, for real, like, I I thought that was, I don't know, the logo is, like, kind of weird and it's just literally, like, neon yellow and that's it, which is, like, the logo on the center. I don't know. I I didn't think there was very much thought put into those ones particularly.
1: Yeah, there there was a couple that I didn't like. I I don't know if it's just me, but I'm not a fan of the Oilers, like, alternate Mm -hmm. logo. It just doesn't, look, doesn't yeah. look right to me. So I didn't like the Oilers. Uh, the Stars was just very bland and like basically just the jerseys they wore like four or five years ago. Uh, and then I also thought, I always just think this color scheme for Minnesota, it just makes them look like Subway. I just think of Subway every time I see them. So I just don't love that color scheme for them. Love this
0: it. was a little bit more controversial, uh, but I didn't like Tampa Bay's at all. Uh, Greg Wojcinski had it number 32 on his list. And I know some people love it because it's ugly. Like, it's one of those jerseys that it's so ugly, it's cool. But to me, it's, it's just ugly. So, I didn't like that. That was my least favorite. Oh, um, yeah. And then uh, for Red Wings fans, a little bit of information. The Red Wings do confirm that this is going to be worn for 10 games this season as opposed to two. So that kind of gives you a little insight. Minimum is best two, to, and that's what we wore for the first one. <laughs> so, so I think the Red Wings
2: organization better, likes Yeah, people like them more than that, at least. Um, but let's
0: uh, get into the game preview. But before we get to that, I got to tell you guys about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting, football, and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Segment two Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are joined by Jack Bushman of On Blackhawks. We're going to preview this game uh, that's happening tonight in U- at the United Center. Jack, your Blackhawks team uh, has gone full tank mode. There's no absolutely no denying it. And I know you won't. I mean, they traded away Alex to drink it, and that for, unfortunately, I don't think enough, but we don't have to get into all of the Dabrinkit stuff. What I want to ask you out of the gate here is because the season's still early and your Blackhawks are one and two. They're one win coming coming against the uh, San Jose Sharks. And as you put it in the pre the pre show, kicking them while they're down. Um, what is the expectation of the one and two Chicago Blackhawks this season for you?
1: For me, I would say they're not high. The expectations are not high, given you know looking at this roster think they're going to have a really hard time scoring goals throughout the course of the season. There's just not a whole lot of gifted playmakers up and down the lineup. It's kind of the Patrick Kane show. Uh, we did see some nice depth scoring in that game against San Jose, though, uh, which, which was nice. We didn't see that in the first two games coming against Colorado and Vegas. So my, my expectations or I guess, what I'm hoping to see out of this Blackhawks team is uh, under... Luke Richardson, his first year as the new head coach. I I just really want to see a a good fight out of this Blackhawks team, good energy from start to finish. And I I feel like Luke Richardson's really done a good job of coming in and bringing a positive message and getting the most out of these guys so far. Like, even in the season opener against Colorado, it, it was clear. I mean, the Blackhawks didn't have the skill to hang with that team. But one thing that really impressed me was they were down multiple goals in the third period outshot by a ton they're getting they're getting their rear ends handed to them and they came out in that third period and they were still fighting until the end and they got a goal to make things a little bit interesting late and you know those are kind of the strides that we want to see we don't expect them to beat the Colorado Avalanche I don't think anyone had the Hawks penciled in to win that game but if they can at least show you some signs and show you some flashes of you know uh, uh, the the ability to hang in from start to finish and then more importantly against teams like San Jose or other teams who are probably going to be in that bottom third of the league. I think that's more so where we're going to learn about the Chicago Blackhawks team, truly where they're going to be at the end of the year. A lot of folks think they're going to be right there in uh, the Connor Bedard watch for the number one overall pick. I expect them to be in there, but personally, I don't think the Blackhawks are going to be the worst team in the entire league. And maybe in three months you guys can have a good old laugh at your boy here, uh, when the Blackhawks have like 30 points in February, but I, I personally don't think they're going to be the worst team in the league. I think they do still have some skill and they have some young players who are stepping onto the scene that are already making a big impact. So I'm hopeful and, you know, high in in kind of a bubble, um, Don't have big expectations, but at the same time, I think that's fair and also a a decent way to go into this. It's almost like a filler year for the Blackhawks. We saw, you mentioned the Alex Dobrynka trade and everything that they did in the offseason. It's really clear that Kyle Davidson gets that this is going to be a long-term process and there's absolutely no rush and... There's even some guys down in their minor league team right now that could probably be up with the Blackhawks, but they want to make sure they're extra season down there in Rockford so that when they do get called up, they can make an impact, not just kind of be guys out there. So yeah, it's just kind of a fill in season for the Blackhawks, but I'm looking to see this team fight hard and at least make things competitive. And, you know, it feels like last season was so miserable that anything's going to be better than that. And through the first three games, I haven't been as miserable as I thought I was going to be. So uh. that's, that's
0: the, as a team that is coming out of a rebuild, that is the bar. That right. is the yeah. bar. We we're well, with and, you on that. You know,
2: that's really all you can ask for is, is that culture shift rather right? you can instill. That's like a, a thing that I've long believed is like, you can instill a Brian just completely went out of yeah. focus there. you don't. now. I, I didn't do anything. I just so, sit here. <laughs> um, you can instill a winning culture and a winning mindset without winning. Like it's hard, but like it's, it's possible. And, and so I, I think I, again, like as Brian says, as not only a, a team and a franchise, but a city that is just rebuild after rebuild after rebuild after rebuild all at the same time. Like that's definitely something that, that can be done. And look, if, if you instill that culture and then add a little Connor Bedard onto that, like that's a pretty good future of my books. I don't know. So here's the here's the next big
0: question for you, man. Um, and it's gonna be a tough one, and it's gonna one that's gonna pull your heartstrings, and one that you're gonna have to deal with all year long. Both Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tays are in the last year of their contracts, entering a full scale rebuild. Thirty three for Kane, thirty four for Tays. Do you see them re upping with the Blackhawks to finish their career? They're all both of them are three time Stanley Cup champions, so they have nothing left to prove. Or, especially with, in Patrick Kane's uh, case, who's still p- performing well at his age, do you think he is a trade deadline piece to acquire more assets?
1: Yeah, it's the question that everyone seems to be asking, and it's, it's not going to end anytime soon, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, and there really hasn't been anything newsworthy breaking on this front for like three or four months now, but, you know, given the talent that Patrick Kane is and everything that he and Jonathan Taves have accomplished for the Blackhawks. It makes sense that people are curious as to their futures, but um, they haven't said much. They're really just, you know, doing the old hockey player special, just saying they're happy to be here and just thinking about this season, want to get back on the ice, let that stuff take care of itself when the time comes. So these are all, you know, just hypotheticals still. But if I had to guess, man, like I would assume – that they're both gone by the deadline and there's a lot that goes into it. Like it's such a complex situation too, given that they both have no movement clauses, you know, they have 10 and dollars on the book for this season. The Blackhawks are going to have to retain that and retain at least half and maybe even find a third team to get involved to, make everything work financially. So there's a lot that goes into just trading those guys. But I think what it comes down to for me, and again, I'm just guessing here. It's not like I'm asking Patrick Kane and getting the answer from him, but (laughs) I would have to believe that the the fire that burns inside them to go and win again, or at least pursue that opportunity to go and and win again, given that they really haven't come close in seven years now. And
0: it's been that long already.
1: I know you guys are probably you got a big old grin on your face. Um <laughs> but but and it's just abundantly clear what Kyle Davidson is instilled here as the general manager I mentioned earlier. It's gonna be a long, long haul here. It's gonna be Always a while. Will. And that's just, you know, you mentioned 34, 33 years old for those two guys. It it doesn't fit. I mean, we traded a 25-year-old Alex De Those get those two are, are probably not gonna fit in the Blackhawks rebuild ideally, but we've also heard from the Blackhawks organization that they're not going to ask Kane or Taves to waive their no movement clauses. It's probably going to have to come from them unless, you know, the clock starts ticking and you got to start making a decision there. But I, I just feel like they'd want that opportunity to go and win somewhere else. And also from the Blackhawks organization's perspective, like you You could get, get yeah, you could get a great return for Patrick Kane, a guy who has showed no signs of slowing down. Like, even though another team might have to take on $5.25 million, you're still looking at, what, two first round picks potentially, yeah. and maybe more, maybe a pick and a prospect or something along those lines. And Taves is a little more confusing as to what his return could be because there's just so much up in the air about, you know, his health and what kind of player he's even going to look like this year. Thus far, he's looked really sharp and the best I've seen him in quite a while, but, you know, still very early. But it just feels like the Blackhawks would want to get something for those guys. And yeah. as cool as it would be to have them be Blackhawks for life, I would love that it it just feels like that's going to be the harder route. And also it, it's kind of a gamble for the Blackhawks too, to keep them around and keep paying them money. So it, as much as it pains me, my, my heart's telling me that it, it seems more likely than not that both guys are going to be gone at the deadline, but again, anything could happen. We we really haven't heard anything at all from Kane or Taves themselves. So uh, that, that's probably going to be the case until we get till January or February. And these conversations really, really start ramping up. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean it's going to be really tough because, and it's just when I think Chicago Blackhawks, I think of Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tays. They be they were the faces, they were the identity of the Chicago Blackhawks. So the thought that they could be traded away is you're lo- the team's losing its identity. I mean, also a captain and an alternate captain at that. I mean, literally losing its identity of its championship teams and in- incredibly valuable veteran presences. But looking at where the rebuilds at and what value those guys have. I mean, I think it makes logical sense even if the heart, you know, is is saying something else. Um, we're going to we're going to transition here though and start talking about the preview when we come back uh, cuz we have we have to talk about the game, man. We got games here and now that are going to be happening and we got to figure out who's going to be the winner cuz we as we all know, whoever wins this argument wins the game in real life. That's how that works. So that's coming up next. Always. on Lockdown Red Wings. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Uh, Jack Bushman of Lockdown Blackhawks is joining us. And so, yeah, the Red Wings are playing the Chicago Blackhawks for the first time of two times today. Old, or not today, this year, rather. Uh, this is a rivalry that goes back a, nearly a century now, as old as the league is, because these two teams are part of the original six. And, you know, it might not be as fervent as it once was when they were both in the Western Conference in the same division but when they go at it, it's still a heated contest. And, you know, obviously, based on where these teams are at in the, in in their rebuilds, Red, Blackhawks going into one and the Red Wings trying to start to climb out of one, one would think that the Blackhawks or the Red Wings would win this game and hopefully handily. And Scotty and I talk about that. Like good teams beat good teams and good teams beat bad teams really, really by like really, really well. And so it's kind of a litmus test for the Red Wings in the sense that will they put out a huge performance against the Chicago Blackhawks team, which admittedly doesn't have a whole lot, at least from what I can tell. But if the Blackhawks, Jack, were to put up a fight, who are you looking for in this game to provide that fight and provide that spark?
1: Yeah, a big part of the Blackhawks' success offensively thus far and uh, a big part of the, the victory... They had on Saturday night against San Jose was the Jonathan Taves line, the second line of he, Tyler Johnson, and Taylor Radish. All three of those guys, I really feel like have something to prove this year for all different reasons. Tyler Johnson's just coming off neck surgery. He's actually the second player after Jack Eichel to undergo uh, that disc surgery that was so controversial for the Buffalo Sabres. The Blackhawks gave Tyler Johnson the two thumbs up and told him, yeah, like, go get it. Uh, it was really funny how those two situations were handled so differently. But um, Taves, awesome. too. Uh, yeah, funny. Um, <laughs> in Taves, we talked early about how he, he has a lot to prove just to kind of show that he's still got it and still capable of you know, being the dominant force that he once was. Uh, those three guys have looked really sharp together so far this year. I've been really impressed with what I've seen. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Blackhawks – uh, if they're in this game tonight, I guess since that's when the listeners are going to be hearing this. Uh, if, if the Blackhawks are in this game, it's probably due to the second line. I, I think putting up some offense. we I'd like to see Patrick Kane's line, that top line of he, Andreas Athanasiou, and Max Domi, get oh something. Oh my god! <laughs> hey, yeah, hey, like baby. To I, I gotta bet him anytime goal scorer. It makes too much sense. It does, top line AA
2: the revenge
1: game. million. Look at him get secured in the bag. That's just crazy to me. (laughs) I was excited for Athanasiu to come on. Uh, and he's been given a a massive opportunity here. I mean, on the same line as Patrick Kane, a really good opportunity for him to kind of, you know, get, get his stuff back together after a, a tough year with the Kings last season where he battled injury and was just never in the lineup consistently. Uh, he just, man, I don't know what it is about him. And I feel like this is a struggle I'm going to have throughout the entire year because this is what everyone says about him. But he gets those chances. He'll get his oh, yeah. luck. It's just, it's just the finished product. It just feels like a struggle. And he also doesn't feel like a very good playmaker. Like, he feels like a shoot-first guy a lot and doesn't really do much to, like, benefit his line mates Have you so watched I-, I would yet? really like to see more of him in that line tomorrow does that sound familiar boys yeah uh, yeah I was, uh, I, was
2: gonna, I, I was gonna ask if you if you've uh watched closely to his defense yet
1: oh no well, we haven't gotten that far yet but i'm sure throughout you, the year you might not to, want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: um so on our fourth line by the
0: way so and dominic uh <laughs> dominic kubelik's first line right now i saw it yeah,
2: Kubalie getting the first line dude. minutes, so yeah, true.
0: We are in Part love Tuesday with Dominic injury. Kubelik. We are in love with him. He yeah. just that, that shot, man! How can you not love it? Every time he gets a ripper, it's so good. And like the Red Wings and playing on a line with Raymond and Larkin, who are two good playmakers, especially Raymond, where they can just feed him pucks. I mean, he's not, he's playing point on the power play. He's just his big problem right now is handling the passes. But when that when that shot comes to him and he unleashes that cannon. It's like money, dude. When he for let the scored that first goal in the preseason from the point, I was like, oh, oh my. Yeah.
1: <laughs> there, there aren't many guys in the league that can shoot the puck like Dominic Kubelik can. And, dude, it's it's so frustrating because I feel like Detroit, like, that's a really good situation for or opportunity for Dominic Kubelik to be in a spot where he's there to score goals and to shoot the puck. And, like, for the Blackhawks, too, I, I always screamed they needed to use Dominic Kubelik for this one time around the power play, but that was always Patrick Kane's spot on the man advantage. So, like, Kubelik would tend to be on the second power play unit and would get, like, 30 seconds there, and yeah. it just never worked out. But you got to play him in those situations, man. Uh, he's a gifted goal scorer. That, that's his bread and butter. Uh, it, it's funny, though. You, you said he has some trouble handling passes. If I had a nickel for every time last year that Dominic Kubelik either flubbed a pass or flubbed a shot – I wouldn't be doing this podcast anymore. I'd be living somewhere down south on a beach. I mean, you're going to see a lot of Dominic Kubelik flubbing it, but you got to just understand that's what's going to happen. He's going to reward you with some beauties, though, if you play him in, in those prime opportunities. So glad to hear that at least the Red Wings are, you know, utilizing Dominic Kubelik to his strengths. He Dude. does have flaws, but his strengths are very ob- well, obvious. and very Put good him also. on first
0: power play every time. I don't care. Just put him out there.
1: <laughs> Get, feed him got to
2: Him and Perron, yep. man. They line up like League lines up with exactly what we needed. We we had so many frustrating episodes last year where we were like, they nobody shot the puck. Like we'd have opportunities, we'd have looks. Like we'd be on the power play. Our our special teams was terrible last year, obviously, and like like nobody will shoot. Like we're just screaming at the TV. Like somebody shoot the puck, and now we have this dude Kubalik comes in and goes he he might not score for three games straight but he's leading the team in shots every single night and it is beautiful. And what well, it, is funny it, he is a he is really a godson like he is exactly what this team needed somebody to just be like all right screw it i'm just going to rip and, and just one of these are going to eventually find the back of the net and that's what he does man i love it. And
0: you know what's funny is uh, I remember when the Red Wings picked him up and Jay Fresh put out his like stat card out on Twitter. And it was like, I don't, he was like, I don't know how he does it, but he's like, such a gifted goal scorer. He's like, nothing else. But man, does he score. Like uh, he, he, he was so enamored with the idea that he scores as much as he does, given the fact that he doesn't provide like anything else. I don't mean that as a slight, but like you said, Jack, he is one thing that he's very good at and it's really exciting. But he did have a goal the other night against, um, the devils, Scotty. Yeah. That was a nice little uh you know hands play. He got the feed from Lucas Raymond, went forehead and backhand right over the uh right over Venicek's shoulder, because Venicek is not a very good goaltender. Really nice
2: pass, too. Yeah, he, really he nice set pass. up uh, he set up Perron really nice. After he
0: flubbed it the first time, he yes, had to recover correct, it.
2: Yeah. He flubbed he it, recovered, and then had a dime of a pass right into the, into the slot. Yeah, it was a beauty.
0: Um let's let's talk about because you also have a former Detroit Red Wing in your goaltending in Peter Morazic. And uh, you also have Stalic as well. And so the question is, is which goalie you think is going in this game? Because my heart wants it to be Mrazic, but I've got a gut feeling considering that uh, Mrazic's played two games. You're probably going to go with Stalic for this game.
1: I, I honestly think it's going to be Mirazik in the home opener. Both goalies though. I did not expect the Blackhawks goaltending position to be like the strong point of the team right now coming <laughs> into the year, but both Mirazik and Stalock. like, Staloc has only one game so far, but in the preseason, he looked really sharp, too. But I I personally think it's going to be Peter Mrazek, and man, he's looked really good in that game against San Jose. uh, Wasn't tested as often as he was against Colorado, but stood his net really well and made all the saves that he needed to, the two goals that he allowed really were just defensive errors by the Blackhawks and there was nothing he could do about it and in that season opener against Colorado the Blackhawks could have been down eight nothing like every time Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon were on the ice they literally had no answers it was rough but Peter Mrazek I mean I can't say enough good things about the guy for the effort that he gave in that game uh just to keep it close so yeah, he's actually looked really good, and that's kind of one thing that that some folks have worried about the Blackhawks tank is, well, what if Peter Mrazek kind of has a bounce-back year, and he's stealing some games here for the Blackhawks, and, you know, it's a small sample size. He's only got two starts thus far, but he's looked really darn good. So I think, gonna be, I think he's going to be in there tomorrow night at, for the home opener. Wait wait till the cold,
2: stretch. Yeah, <laughs> till he'll, the cold he'll, stretch. He'll go on a heater, man. He will. Like, he – He'll be on his head for a while, and you'll be like, "This dude might be the goaltender of the future in his mid 20s And then, Boy, where's that extension? So, uh, just wait. Just wait <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's hey. cool to hear, though. For real, that's um, that's cool that he. I, I'm glad that he keeps finding work. Like he, for as controversial, I guess I'll say, as his uh, time was here, and just about like everybody had a different Remember opinion on him. Yeah, I'm, I'm. glad that he. Uh, I'm glad that he's still finding work and finding playing time. And it'd be really cool if, like, home opener, Chicago, like going again. I don't know. That'd be cool.
0: His biggest problem. And it's been. A, it's been several years since he was the with the Detroit Red Wings. But his yeah. biggest problem, um, when he was with Detroit, is overplaying pucks. Like he would get himself out of position by just glattering lateraling too far, coming too far out of the net and leaving the other side wide open. I remember that being the biggest issue with him all the time and why he just could never find any consistency. But I mean, it's been, I mean, he's been with Carolina. He's been with Philadelphia. He's been with Toronto since. So now Chicago, obviously. So, I mean, he could be a different player, but I just know, I mean, there's a reason why he's bouncing around the league and it's probably because he still has those same flaws. (laughs)
1: Um, Yeah. He's really aggressive around the net too. Both Blackhawks goaltenders are, it's like a, it's, it's, um, not great for the heart, how much they love to skate out of the net to go and play the puck. But who, who are we going to see for Detroit tonight? And I also wanted to ask about this goaltender position because they go out and they get Vili Huso along. Uh, obviously, separate moves, but they give Huso and David Perron from the St. Louis Blues here. What, what's kind of the feel about the Detroit Red Wings in that? Like I, I, I'm kind of an outsider here, but from afar, Alex Nedeljkovic didn't look to be it last year. Uh, what are just kind of the thoughts on the Red Wings goaltender situation? Well, Scotty,
0: I want you to answer this, but first I want, to, I want to point out that the St. Louis Blues, the playoff team St. Louis Blues decided the best thing for their organization was to let David Perron and Billy Huso walk and bring in 38-year-old Thomas Grice and re-up Nick Letty. I don't know what the uh, the mindset behind that was because you're trying to get better and content and you, you take – the leftovers from the Red Wings, so I thought that was really funny. Um, sorry, Scotty, I just had to
2: point that out. Go ahead, buddy. <laughs> no, you're, you're fine, man. Um, yeah, no, I mean, Husos looked really good to start off the year. He was the uh, he was the season opener. Was what they, they went Villie? So like that's uh, I think somewhat telling. But Ned, you know, I, I think from an outsider perspective, I would completely understand like looking at net and being like, yeah, like, you know, that, that probably wasn't like the best thing in the world just because of how many, especially in the second half of last season, it seemed like we were giving up five plus a night, but I think that a large majority of that had to do with the fact that that was like one of the worst defensive units I've ever laid my eyes on. Like it was, it was Marit Sider. And then like, that was it. I I mean, it was uh, it was an absolute train wreck at the blue line, the, the entire season, and it just came all collapsing and like caught up with us. We were running away from our problems for the first half of the year. And we were like, oh, like, look at us. We're kind of like hanging around a little bit. And then they caught up to us and, and reality hit us in the face. We we're like, all right, this this blue line is is just abysmal. And so I think this year is a really big like prove it year for Ned in the sense that it, it still does not appear to be like the best defense that we've ever seen, but it's certainly an improvement over last year just because it's like, it's pretty much impossible to not be. So I think a lot of people are really interested in the production that he's going to get. And, and I think as it stands right now, I, I think the game plan is probably close to a 50, 50 split still. Like I I still think, I mean, that's a dude that, that was in, you know, colder outside of colder uh, conversations when he was with Carolina. So I, I think that, there's a lot of, uh, there's still a lot of expectations there. And, and I think even if it's more of a, you know, 55 45 maybe split, but I, I think that most people are expecting, at least early on until proven otherwise, kind of a 50 50 ish split between the two of them. So, so we'll see. Um, you know, he, he's, he, he still lets in some cheapies, but, uh, as a whole, I mean, he, the other night, literally the definition of like a Ned game. Like he let in a, a really bad cheap goal, but then his whole body of work was actually pretty decent. So we'll see going forward.
0: Yeah, I think uh, it's going to be pretty much a fifty-fifty split until they figure out which one's the better goaltender. So I think probably Nedeljkovic starts this game because vilihuso started in the uh, OT loss to the Kings, um, and yeah, he didn't look great. Like we're not gonna we're not gonna sit here and say <laughs> that Nedeljkovic was. You know, take all the responsibility off his shoulders. It's a team game, right? So it's a team effort. And there were stretches last year where he looked rough. Um, and that was apparent. But you also got to keep in mind, like Scotty was saying, they give him a lot of shots every night. And while you were talking, Scotty, I looked it up. And last season, they were fifth in the league in shots against per game at 33.7. So on average, they gave up over 30 shots every single game. That's a tough situation for a goaltender to be in and still perform well, especially behind, like Scotty said, just more Sider. So this year, we're definitely expecting more out of Nedeljkovic, and we're expecting it to be a competitive tandem. And, I mean, we think we, – Scotty and I are in agreement that it's going to be an incredible tandem because those are two guys who both want to earn a payday, guys who want to be the starting goaltender. So we think they're going to push each other. And if not, then, hey, you'll roll with whatever one's better. And if the, neither of them work out, you know what? you got a 15th overall pick and Sebastian Kosa sitting down there in the – well, they sent him down to the ECHL today. But AHL, ECHL, because they like to, they've been moving him back and forth every day for like the last week. I don't know what's going on with him. I think they're just trying to give him as many games as possible. He's still Um, years away, though. He's still years away, though, which is why we have these guys here in the meantime. So I'm not super concerned about Nadelkovic yet, um, but I do think that them acquiring Husso through trade does uh, signal that Steve Eisman maybe thinks that they might have to have a backup plan if Nadelkovic doesn't play well.
1: I also wanted to ask you guys, you know, given that the Red Wings have gotten off to this 2-0-1 start, and you had mentioned earlier, this is kind of a different feel to this year for the first time in a while, and you're really hoping to kind of see some progress, some true progress finally be made. Uh, what, what have you seen that you've liked out of this Red Wings team so far? What's kind of helped lead you guys to your first two victories, and what do you kind of think they need to do in order to come out of the United Center with another win tomorrow, or tonight? sorry
2: i mean like like i said like the defense is still a work in progress pretty clearly and i think that that's still where a lot of the long-term uh moves need to be made and and where there's still a lot of question marks surrounding like the long-term status of like as we exit this rebuild hopefully i think that that's where a lot of people kind of are are circling sheets uh, around the blue line but uh, it's very noticeable that this forward core is the best we've had in in years i I mean it's it's not even particularly close this is the best forward group we've had in a very long time and uh, i i think you know bert getting hurt obviously sucks like right at the beginning of the season whenever one two games in like going down he's out four to six so that gives adina some more playing time the ever so controversial you know so that that'll Certainly be something to keep an eye out for. But, yeah, there's – it's just – it's so apparent that when you raise the bar of, like, expectations for, hey, we're going to compare ourselves to, like, other good hockey teams versus, like, oh, we're going to compare us to the Detroit Red Wings from, like, last season or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's just such a big difference between those two things. And I think we're finally starting to bring in, like, COP has been great defensively has a couple of nice assists. Uh, and then like Perron has just been, has just been unbelievable on both sides of the puck as well. Like we, we already went on and, and talked about Kubelik and everything like that. The, the additions that they have made to the forward core, it's, it's actually like somewhat deep and it's not just filled with bodies. Like it's actually, you know, there's dudes in grand Rapids right now that some people want to be in the NHL and that's not a conversation we've had in a very long time. So I think, that's like the very clear we had the most our, our first period of the season was the most shots the Red Wings have had in a season in like a decade like Dude, it was a 25 it, shot first period to start off the year like it, it's just it's very apparent that this offense is like actually a competent legitimate NHL offense and is not just okay well we're better than last year's you know terrible Red Wings team like this is an actual legitimate offense and yeah, I think the question marks still just lie on defense.
0: No, absolutely, man. It's uh, but even like the defensive acquisitions that the Red Wings have made have had a positive impact. I mean, Ben Chiarot was a big question mark because yeah. pe- you know analytically wise he's not that impressive. But I mean, honestly, the intangibles that he's brought—people like to throw that word around—but. His physicality, his ability to draw penalties, and I know that's a give and take. I know there's going to be times where he takes stupid penalties, and I'm going to want to bash my head against the wall. But, I mean, he's gone out there, and he's punished the opponent. And Olimada, even though he was brought in to be a defensive defenseman, has provided four points in three games for the Detroit Red Wings, one of which being an empty net goal. But, you know, regardless, that's four points in three games out of a guy who you thought would be a defensive, defensive safety net for Phil Peronick on the second pair, and he's been the best out of the two of them. So, I mean, when you're looking at what the Red Wings need to do to to steal a win, I mean, you're going to need guys like Philip Zadina and Dominic Kubalik to definitely step up to play top six roles on this team. Uh, You want your Redwood line of Soderblom, who's been fantastic, by the way, uh, Sundquist and Rasmussen to keep being a solid line three. But, I mean, offensively, they don't really have to do much more than they already did. I mean, in an overtime loss without two of their best forwards, against a playoff caliber team, they scored four goals It's just OT?
2: Yeah.
0: in OT. So I think their offense has good depth. It's just really going to come down to can they play a good enough defensive game to, to really lock it down because you can't go into any arena regardless of where the team's at in the rebuild and discount them because it's hockey. I mean, any given night, right? That this sport, more so than any sport, I feel like <laughs> when you say any given night, you mean any given night.
1: It's a beautiful thing about hockey.
0: And very frustrating, too, <laughs> when, you're on the, yeah. when you're on the other side. Like when yeah, the Arizona care. Coyotes pump you for, like, 11 goals when they're the worst team in the league, like last year. So that was fun. Oh, man. Um, but we got to wrap it up here. Jack, do you have any final thoughts, man, you want to you wanna throw out there where people can find you, yeah, stuff like that?
1: Um, yeah, definitely. I also wanted to say you guys want to throw out a quick prediction before we get out of here? Quick oh, yeah, prediction. Yeah, I would
2: love nothing more than that. Jack, let me tell you. I would love nothing more than the You're throttle ridiculous. prediction. Listen give me just like give me I I wanna see a throttle. That's what and like I'm gonna look ridiculous on Monday's show when we lose two to one. But like I give me give me like uh and and if we do lose two to one I'm taking credit, give me a a like I don't know. Give me a four to two. Give me a four to two with uh with an empty netter. Win for uh, the Red what? Wings. Sorry,
0: I, I'm gonna go bigger.
2: I'm gonna go bigger than that. I'm gonna say it's a. Wow. Uh,
0: got to take the hat off for this. That's how big yeah, it let's let's we is. we just got really serious. We got Bring it out. Over right now. Yeah. You know what? They, is the shirt coming off too? Is that how serious? No, it? no. no I'm not. Okay. <laughs> Love of everything. Please
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, family show. Uh,
0: I'll say six two. I think that not they. Uh, I think they pump them. Love it.
1: Sorry, I mean, Jack. <laughs> they did that early last season. Lucas Raymond had a hat trick early on. I, I recall. Agree. My first episode,
0: by the way, as host. That was. Brian's first episode was the Raiden hatter game, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is the anniversary is coming up actually real quickly here.
1: Wow. Well, congratulations (laughs) early to um, to your one-year anniversary. Yeah, Brian, nice,
0: dude not uh, the point of that was. Keep going.
1: <laughs> I, think this has, I think this has the potential to be an offensive game as well, which probably doesn't favor the Blackhawks. I'm going to be maybe a Debbie Downer. I'm going 5-3 Detroit. I'd love to see the Blackhawks come away with a win, but at the same time, do I want them to win? I don't know. I'm going to be conflicted throughout the way. I'm going 5-3 Detroit. Blackhawks are going to drop their home opener. It's okay, though. Hindsight, it's good to lose, Blackhawks fans. Don't get mad at me.
2: Hey, well, hey, yeah, when, when, in July, when Bedard's name ha- has, a, has a Blackhawks logo next to it, it'll all be worth it, baby.
1: When I'm in Nashville having a great old time, it'll all be worth it for the NHL draft, baby. Very Let's right. just
2: remember, though,
0: that since all three of us picked Detroit Red Wings to win, that means the Chicago Blackhawks, of course, are going to win this game because that's how so these things tend Correct. to work.
2: Correct. It's yeah. A, yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know about win-win, Jack, but it's it's, sure. it's <laughs> something. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for you, either your prediction's right or your team wins. <laughs>
1: That's how That's we right. like it.
0: Um, yeah. So thanks for doing the crossover. You you, uh, you reached out to us, so really we should be thanking you for inviting us to do the crossover. We appreciate it. It was very nice talking to you for the first As time. Always. Um, it was fun.
2: It was how about them cubbies? Fun. No,
1: <laughs> that's a whole nother 45. Thanks for now. Javi
2: Baez, by the way, man. He's been great. Wow, don't, you, don't, Jack- you
1: love, don't you love watching Javi Baez swing at sliders in the dirt all year long? It'll never, it'll never change. The,
2: he led the league in errors and swung at the most sliders in all of baseball.
1: He'll do that. He will yeah. do that. Oh, no. Yeah, he, he will. will. Yeah,
2: for four like more years, he locked on Tigers. <laughs> that is that is that is me yes bring
0: in, you know bring jack on you guys can talk cubbies Oh, there you for... go
2: yeah we'll bring on locked on blackhawks host jack bushman to locked on tigers i love it you yeah go. But, you it know they love that.
0: it when we do that cross promotion man that's that's like <laughs> the kind of cross promotion hockey chicago
2: detroit Those tigers baseball. and blackhawks fans out there they're gonna be <laughs> super pumped yeah. all six of them <laughs>
1: Both those teams are so interesting right now. Oh my yeah. God. Can oh, you
0: imagine yeah. if you were a fan of both those teams right now? You oh, Somebody in <laughs> one of our comment sections is going to be like, that's me. Or like, nice. <laughs> nice. Anyways, we have got to put an end to this. So uh, we'll be back on Monday. We'll be recapping this game as well as the Sunday game against Anaheim. Uh, Jack will be recapping this game and whatever games the Chicago Blackhawks play this weekend. If they play, do they play?
1: Play on Sunday, one o'clock against Seattle.
0: There you go. He'll be re- nice. recapping those go. games for you guys over at Lockdown come out of the Weekend Dogs. with a dub. <laughs> you could. <laughs> I, hope. I mean, I hope. Yeah, you could. Kind of.
1: I don't know. I'm conflicted. I don't know if I want to win or not. That's the weird yeah. part about this entire season. Yeah.
0: I don't know. It, we've been there. It's it's that's yeah. that was our whole mentality last season. It's like they lost. It sucks, but also we spin the tankathon wheel. So <laughs> that thing never
1: always... treated you guys right, though. That whole wheel never treated you guys right.
0: We, uh, we would always end every episode on the wheel and we would spin it until we got number one overall. And one time <laughs> it took 50 spins. Yeah, correct.
1: Oh, that's great.
0: Uh, okay, so same time, same place. It's your guys' teams, whichever. Every day. You. every day. Every day.